You know, a handful of years ago, it's about eight years ago, my, my left ear went deaf over a weekend. It just was really quick. I'm not sure what happened. The doctor wasn't sure. You know, they did a, a um, CAT scan to see if it was a tumor, and it was not a tumor, thank God. But when they got into looking at it, um, he said he wasn't sure why, but said it was permanent, that the hair cells that pick up sound inside the cochlea um, were non-existent. And so for the last eight years, I've struggled to be able to, to hear. And it's embarrassing because it's like, really? Just, it's just one ear. There's people that have a whole lot of other afflictions. It's a lot heavier than this. But in that moment, man, it's just frustrating. I didn't realize that this has been going on. Our church people have been raising funds. Y'all have been raising funds for like eight months. The Christian Station 104.7, the fish, for their Christmas wish um, experience, they they adopted me, I guess, you know. The day that it happened, I was called in to go and, and I thought I was praying over a guy that we know that works at the fish. And I thought we were surprising him for his 14th year of working there. And they just flipped it on me. And when I was there on the air thinking I'm ready to pray for this guy, um, they flipped it and then I realized, oh, I'm here for me. And it just blew my mind, you know. And so um, just absolutely floored by it, you know, and been kind of on cloud nine ever since. We've always said that um, you don't find a wish, the wish finds you. And Chad, who's our promotions director at The Fish and works behind the scenes, uh, you were telling us that a wish really jumped yeah, out at you recently. It really did. I'm sitting there, I'm reading, I'm like, wait a minute. This is a guy I know. This is, um, and, and we kind of snuck him in here today. So, hey, Ross. Hey, Chad, how you doing, how man? You doing, buddy? Ross is Pastor Momentum Church here in Woodstock. One of the things is Ross is always, like, given to other people. That's cool. Well, for whatever reason, I haven't heard the whole story, but it's been a while. You actually have gone deaf in one ear. And... <laughs> And the church has been working behind the scenes to raise money Chad. for a surgery that Come can on. bring that back. That insurance didn't cover, Yeah, that right? insurance doesn't cover. And the church is almost there. Come on. <laughs> and so what we're going to do with Christmas Wish is we're going to take the funds from listeners because they've been donating. And, dude, we've seen you. I've seen you light up when you talk about the chance. I mean, you've got your kids are awesome. You know, and the church knows. I mean, they said, you know what? He hears the voice of God on a regular basis. <laughs> we just want him to be able to better hear the voice of his family and friends. So we're going to add to what the church has already put together and make sure you guys have enough <laughs> to take on, care Jeff. of that surgery. Yeah, Are you guys serious? I'm absolutely serious. Momentum <laughs> Church did a huge chunk of it, like three-fourths of it. So They've been sneaking around behind the love scenes. you, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> He's crying. I'm, I'm blown away. I don't know what to even say. I, I'm just, I thought I was coming here to celebrate you guys <laughs> <laughs> and all that you do for people here in Atlanta and just your hearts. And um, I'm really, I just was coming to join my hearts with what you do this, this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely floored. I can't believe this. Um, there's nothing I could say. I mean, I, I'm speechless. And that's it, and that's a miracle, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's just about to say everybody in the church is like, what? How does it feel to know that uh, that your body of Christ that you serve every day uh, collected that much I, money to I try know, and help I, you get your hearing? I know back? the people at Momentum Church are the real deal. You know, I mean, they're they're um, they're just their hearts are huge for people, for the community, and um, and I know Amy and I, my wife and I, we've always felt loved by the church, and um, I'm just absolutely blown away. And it'll be amazing not to. 
continue to always have to say, what'd you say? What'd you say? What'd you say? Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just, man, I can't, I can't thank Momentum Church enough. I can't thank the fish enough and, um, and for Kevin and Taylor. Peek behind Chad. you, Pastor Ross. Look at everybody. Oh <laughs> they all came. Oh my they goodness. wanted to see you get your wish, your Christmas I, wish come I'm blown true. away. I, I really am. I, there's just no words. Oh my goodness. This is, it's going to change my life. It really is. Oh, it's fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely floored. On behalf oh, of Jesus. everybody at Momentum Church who collected all that money and the people who donated to the Fish Christmas Wish Fund, Merry Christmas. Thank Pastor you Ross. so much. I appreciate it, guys. Guys, how about we hear it? Yeah. Yeah, you guys totally surprised me. I mean, I, I did not see this coming at all. All right. Well, we'd love to see you here at the Chick-fil-A. The Christmas Wish is rolling on Exit 9 off of 575 in Woodstock with 104.7 The Fish. The hope that's come, the intersecting of the story of my life, has been, I was told literally hundreds of people that gave donations toward allowing me to have a surgery that will implant a small titanium and magnetic plate on my skull that um, once it heals, the vibrations will vibrate the bones and everything, the hair cells and all this on the right side, and I'll be able to hear what's coming from this side. And that's gonna happen most likely in the next six to eight weeks. I'll be able to hear again, so that's pretty exciting. I, I serve some of the best people in the whole world. Amen. From the bottom of my heart, I, I, can't, I can't thank you enough. And um, it blows my mind. I mean, God is good. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Can we just take a moment to praise him? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your provision, Lord. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, I don't pray in tongues publicly often. You need an interpreter when you do. I think my interpretation would just be, thank you, Jesus. Amen? <laughs> I'll let you in on a little behind-the-scenes <laughs> celebration. That morning, I was blown away. That night, we had staff meeting, and... um. I'm going to be teaching on the Holy Spirit here in a few weeks, you know. I think it's um, about seven, eight weeks from now. And I got on my motorcycle to go to staff meeting. And, and from the time I got on 575 to head up to exit 20, because we were meeting at the Choate's house that night for staff, I just couldn't stop praising him, you know. I began to praise him in my natural language. And thank you, Jesus. You're so good, Jesus. And it just got to where I, I couldn't say any, any words that were good enough to exalt my Jesus. And 
And then tongues just started to roll out of me, you know. And, and if you're here and you, you pray in the spirit that way, praise, that's cool, you know. It's awesome, you know. If you're not, I understand. It's kind of new for different people. And um, it was just one of those things to where there's times when you kind of on your own just know I'm going to activate that gift and begin to pray. We'll talk about that here in, like I said, about seven, eight weeks from now. But then there's times where the Holy Spirit just through you, you know, just elevates everything and brings praise to Jesus. And, and it was, if somebody would have been sitting on my motorcycle with me, they'd been like, y'all, you're crazy, you know, because I'm just riding my motorcycle, you know, 95 miles. And no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I was kidding. I was kidding. The Holy Ghost wouldn't let me do that. No, the Holy Spirit and I, we're just, we're riding, you know, within the speed limit, 55, 60 miles an hour, and just praying and just glorifying God. And I was having church, you know, for like 20 miles. And um, just thanking him for, for the people I get to serve, you know. And, um, and not feeling, definitely not feeling worthy. I mean, there's so many people with so many greater needs, you know. And, um, but this is going to be so awesome. And actually, my appointment is this Friday at 8 o'clock. Yeah, isn't that cool? And so I had the doctor's appointment. I didn't want to waste no time with y'all's money, you know. I was afraid you'd take it back. <laughs> and so, so 8 o'clock Friday morning, I go to the doctor. If everything looks good, 10.30, they already have me scheduled for the audiologist to pick the system and, and all that good stuff. And they said it could be a week or two weeks after that for the surgery. And, and I think it's about four-week recovery time. And, um, and so then I'll have this thing stuck to the side of my head, you know. And um, the only thing that overcomes my vanity with that is that I realize every time people see it, they'll know they're a part of that, you know? And, and I just thank you guys. I'm serious. And so, woo, God's good. All right. We got to preach. <laughs> so I want you to open your Bibles this morning to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Last week when I was preaching, the last time we were together, I was saying how I felt something in my spirit saying that something's coming, you know? Remember that? And I thought I was just preaching really good because everybody was getting into it that day. I, I would say things and people were just like, yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is good preaching. But it's because y'all knew, you sneaky dogs, what was happening behind the scenes that an eight-year miracle was in the works. But here's what I told you that day. I said this, that my family went to Cheeseburger Bobby's a few weeks ago. And when we were at Cheeseburger Bobby's, we were, there were too many people to get a table just yet. So they gave us a disc and we handed that to Mac. And so our four-year-old Maverick, he held on to that disc. And when it was our time to receive, that disc began to vibrate, right? And remember I told you a couple weeks ago, I said, I just feel like that's who we are as a church. That deep down on the inside, there's something that's buzzing, saying it's about time for you to receive. It's about time for you to get you grub on, if you will. You're to get what God's about to do in your life. And, 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 and then who knew, just the next day, literally the next day, God brought me into that amazing blessing. And listen, though, here's the thing about that. I believe something is going off on the inside of you as well, saying to you that it's your time. Amen? But like I said two weeks ago, when you're in that stage, all you can do is just wait. That's all you can do is just wait in some sense. But we wait with purpose and expectancy. And we don't wait like others wait. We wait using the principles of God. And today we're going to be looking at the principle of fasting and prayer. And so it's going to be a great day as we look at that. And, and I told you guys, you know, a couple weeks ago, I said when it comes to this idea of waiting, you know, it's like I'm still chubby. I know it's hard for you to believe that. You don't, you don't know that. I know. But I'm still chubby. 
year and a half ago, I started putting some weight on. 60 pounds in the last year and a half. That's an elementary student. Come on, somebody. You know? And, um, and you can lose an elementary student easy. You just take them to the mall, give them some money, and walk away. <laughs> no, don't ever do that. Don't. Did it to my kids a couple times by accident, all right, but don't ever do that on purpose. But it's hard to lose that weight. And, and I'm just being honest with you. I feel such a spiritual responsibility, and I'm saying it, and I'm embarrassed to even say it publicly, that 2016 is my time. Amen. It has to be, and here's why. I appreciate your investment into my hearing. How dare me, as your leader, have an investment from you into my hearing and remain unhealthy? Come on. You don't have to agree so hard, okay? You, know, you could have just come in a light agreement. No, no, it's true. I feel that deep, deep responsibility, and I feel in a sense that this is that year. Now, here's the thing about it. 2016, I told you this two weeks ago. I said, I believe it's a year of impartation for us as a church, and if you've been raised in Pentecostal churches, you've heard this a hundred times. Every January, the guy's going to get up there, and he's going to say, I feel impartation is coming upon this house, and, you know, and, and he's going to say it every single January, right? And, and so I don't say that every January because I, I just don't like the status quo. I don't want to just mimic something I heard said one time before. You know what I mean? But, but man, a few weeks ago as I was preparing that series on hope, I felt like God said 2016 for Momentum Church is a year of impartation. It's a year of impartation. And I believe that miracle, that miracle that's happening right now with my ear, listen, there's an old saying, as the pulpit goes, so goes the pew. And the saying is the idea of this, that if my moral standard's here, a lot of times your church folks' moral standard will be just below. Now, I think that's kind of crazy because y'all know some preachers that are messed up, right? Come on. All right? But that's what they say. But ah, the Lord's just laying in my heart. No, no, no. As the pulpit goes, so goes the pew. Ross, you received, you knew a buzz was happening in your spirit. Something was about to come, and you received an impartation of my healing. It may not look like what you expected, but there's a miracle for you that's on the way. And just as it is in the pulpit, I've got the same kind of blessings, the same kinds of restorations, the same kinds of miracles, the same kind of provision that's going to come upon the people you serve. Come on. And I believe that. And I'm not just saying it with empty words of, of just a new year. You know, it's a new year. No, guys, I, I feel in my heart that Momentum Church this year, it's a year of impartation. What does that mean, impartation? It means this, impartation. It's that something comes from heaven, an increase comes that you can't make happen. It's, it's a move of God. It's, that's why I'm going to teach you on the Holy Spirit here in about a month and a half. You know, It's something that comes from the power of God that you, can't, you just can't work up yourself. Only Jesus can do it. You know, And that's the impartation I'm talking about. Not, not something that's hyping something. I'm just saying this. Listen, my story is our story. Come on. You know, what God did for me, I believe he's going to do in our body. Isn't that cool? He's going to make me fat and deaf too? No. I'm saying the provision side, you know. Amen. There's strongholds and things that you are weighted down with. Carnality. You know, the Bible talks about sin being like flesh, right? Extra flesh. How many needs a weight loss regimen in the spiritual things of God? You know what I'm saying? Some extra flesh, some things that are holding you down, some strongholds, some bondage, some things that you're going, God, this is the year I'm letting it go. I'm telling you not that this is not only the year that you're saying you're letting it go. This is the year that Jesus is setting you free. Amen? And I believe it. 
And it's going to happen in my life. It's going to happen in your life. And you know what's cool? Every single person in this house, you are emissaries of the power and presence of Jesus wherever you go. And it's going to happen in and through your lives. Amen? I'm getting into my sermon next Sunday, so i got to be careful. But that's a little bit what we'll talk about next week. And so there are some things that you thought in your life were dead. And there were some things that you thought that, that you didn't know if God would make a difference. But God is going to revive those things and heal those things and set you free. And, and, and I just do. I want to, like a prophet of old in the Old Testament, they would make declarations. And I, I just want to declare that 2016 would be a year of impartation. That we would align ourselves with God in such a way that we could just see his hand move upon our lives. And that's part of what we're doing through fasting and prayer. I'll teach you about that here in a little bit. Because we're not buying off God through fasting and prayer. Amen? We don't serve a capricious God. We're not pagans, right? But we are partnering with God in such a way that I believe his hand moves. There's an impartation that takes place. And you've heard about other people's miracles. You've heard about other people receiving and walking and what God's doing in their life. And I believe that 2016, as a church, it's our season to walk in that impartation like never before. It's our season to see God do the impossible. It's our season to see God do the miraculous. Amen? Amen? I heard a preacher one time, he said it this way. He said, it's our season to go from the test to the triumph, from the mess to the miracle. Amen? I believe that. That's the season that we're, we're in. And we're not going into it passively. We're going into it actively. That's what our fasting and season of prayer is all about. And so we're going to look here in Mark. Before I have you stand up, we always stand to read the word. I want to take you through a few things first in Mark chapter 1 up to Mark chapter 9. And here's the thing about it. When it comes to God doing amazing things, there's times in the scripture where you see it's immediate. I, I can't tell you how many times I would lay hands on my ear. Jesus, heal me. I was expecting that immediate miracle. <coughs> and it's taken eight years to walk in that provision. I didn't get it. And there's some things we'll talk about here in a little bit. Why? But, but eight years. God, I want an immediate. How many would love to have an immediate today? You know? Check this out. In Mark chapter 1, you see it starts with Jesus being baptized by his cousin John the Baptist. And as he comes up out of the water, it says immediately he saw the heavens open. And the spirit descends upon Jesus like a dove. And a voice comes from heaven saying, you are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. That's awesome. That's an immediate. I like immediates. You go on a little further and there was a, a man who had an unclean spirit. And it says this, that Jesus was teaching with authority as one who had authority, not as the scribes. But check this. And immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him and said, be silent, come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsed him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this new teaching with authority? There was something on Jesus that just eat, you know, reet. It just flowed from him power and authority, you know. There was something, they're seeing something different about this man, Jesus. And immediately you see this miracle. And then Jesus leaves the synagogue and immediately he goes to the house of Simon. And Simon's mother-in-law is sick. And I know Simon, Simon's a bit of, a, of a, a, an oaf at times in scripture, you know. But at least he liked his mother-in-law, you know. 
That's kind of nice. That's a good. How many here, if your mother-in-law was sick, you wouldn't even want Jesus to heal her? No, 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 no. Don't, say, don't raise your hand. It said that he left the synagogue. He entered the house of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with fever and immediately told him about her. And he came. He took her by the hand, lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. Oh, okay, that's why. They healed him because they wanted dinner. No, no, no. That's not what it was. She began to follow after Jesus, not serve him like black-eyed peas and cornbread. No. You go on down through the scriptures, you just see it time and time again. I'll, I'll finish with this last one. There was a woman who had an issue of blood. And for 12 years, she is sick, and she's suffering, it says, under the physician. She's going to doctor after doctor. They're taking her money. They're trying to make her well. And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. But she heard the reports about Jesus. Man, I want people to hear the reports about Jesus. I, 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 want, I want this house to be a place where we're real, you know what I mean, and, 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 and approachable, all right? But not only really approachable and really real, but really anointed. Come on. You know? To be a house where we know we can trust in Jesus to do some amazing things. And we've seen it. And we're going to see even greater things. And to be a place where people will hear of that. You know? I want it to be like that. That doesn't come automatically. That comes from hunger. and That comes from passion. That comes from dedication. That comes from pressing in. And. And look, look what happened as this woman pressed. She pressed in. It says that she came behind him in the crowd. The old King James says the press. And she reached through. She touched the hem of Jesus' garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I'll be made well. And immediately, say immediately, the flow of blood dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus perceived in himself that power had gone out from him. Immediately turned to the crowds and asked, who touched my garments? And there she is. And he ministers to her and tells her that her faith had made her whole. Listen, the power had gone out. The power had gone out. The power cannot go out from a people who are empty. The power of Jesus flows through people who are full. Say full. And I believe fasting and praying is a kind of experience that happens that allows us to get to the feet of Jesus and allows him just to pour in and fill us up, you know. And as he fills us, that overflow goes from our lives and touches other people's lives, you know. Man, wouldn't that be awesome to know that you are a part in the miracle of a friend? Wouldn't that be neat? That happens. That happens. I can remember a woman in Ohio who had a horrible addiction to cigarettes. Horrible. And my mother saw her at a grocery store one time. And she said, Peggy, I feel that Jesus wants me to pray for you to get rid of them cigarettes. Do you want to get rid of them cigarettes? And Peggy said, oh, I do. They make me so sick, you know. And so mom, right there in the middle of the store, you know, she's about five foot nothing. And um, that's why. No, I'm teasing. I'm kidding. She's five foot two. She's about that tall. And, um, and she just takes her little hand. She lays it on Peggy's forehead. Jesus. And she prays for victory in that and that woman never smoked again you know I can remember Peggy started coming to our church years later the church I worked at in Ohio and and uh, man she had never she would tell me that story a couple times a year do you know your mother's the one that prayed for me when Jesus delivered me from cigarettes yeah I know that you know and now if he could just help you not be what no I'm teasing no 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 I'm kidding I'm joking I'm joking and so when it came down to it, mom got to be a part of that story. And that woman shared that story over and over and over and over. It's a beautiful thing to be a part of the stories of Jesus, you know. I want us to be a place that's a part of the stories of Jesus. What Jesus is doing in people's lives, you know. And so here you see this power flows 
out from him. Let's stand to our feet. Now, here's the thing. We're going to look at Mark chapter 9. <coughs> and really, to be honest, I'm letting the scripture pretty much teach itself today. Is that cool? You know, I don't have a ton of stuff to interject into it. It's just already telling us exactly what we need to know right here. That's pretty cool, isn't it? And so we see all these places where Jesus in ministry, immediately a miracle, immediately a miracle, immediately a miracle. Now watch what happens. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able to. Let me stop there. I know you're still standing. I won't keep you long. We do not believe that every sickness comes from demonic possession, okay? You have a young mute boy here who is mute, and clearly the scripture is showing that this was a demonic attack, okay? So as a church, we don't believe that every sickness is a, is a demonic issue. Now, I do believe every bit of sickness comes from the devil, right? It wasn't God's initial plan, but sin brought fallen nature into the world, and because of that, there is sickness. But I'm not saying every single little sickness you get is some demon that's doing that, and every boy with epilepsy is demonically challenged. Now, what I am saying, though, is there are times where there are people who have epilepsy who are demonically challenged. And there are times when muteness and deafness are the result of a demonic experience, all right? So when that happens, you pray for a physiological, or you pray for a, a deliverance. Does that make sense? But if it's a sickness, you pray for a physiological healing. And so it's silly to pray for physiological healing if it's something demonic, as silly as it is to pray for the demonic if it's something physiological, right? Just like if you have something that's demonic, you can't counsel that out. You know, you cast that out. Come on, somebody, all right? But on the other side, I believe in counseling, okay? And so I can't medicate a demon if it's something demonic. But on the other side, if there's need of medicine and that's working, praise God. And I think that we have to understand that both sides. Cool? All right? So as a church, our position on healing is we believe God heals and he both delivers. And that we've got to understand what that looks like at times. So we haven't taught a lot about that. We'll probably get more into that in the next year or two, you know. And, um, and that's one of those things where years ago I had a headache. I get headaches often, but I had a headache on a Wednesday night. I was supposed to preach, and I'm praying, God, heal me, God, heal me, God, heal me. I asked my administrative assistant, Nancy, pray for me. I asked the staff, pray for me. Um, Corey's dad, our worship pastor, his dad was my pastor I worked for for 11 years. And, and pastor had about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I need you to preach tonight, you know. And about 5 o'clock I started getting sick, you know. And so I really felt that it was a healing thing. And I'm in prayer for myself, and the Lord laid in my heart, why are you praying for healing when this is a demonic attack? You don't pray for healing. You bind and rebuke the spirit of infirmity, and you deal with it that way. So I just simply, Jesus, in your name, by the blood of Christ, I come against you. Um, this demonic infirmity that's causing this headache, free me. You know, I prayed something to that effect, and within 10 minutes, my headache was gone. It was cool, man. I preached that night, uh, a house of fire. I mean, God was so good. You know, it was a great night of preaching. And um, when it got done, I had a woman come up to me. And she said, Ross, the whole time you're preaching, I don't know what you're going through tonight, but I saw an angelic presence just protecting you like this. Everywhere you went on the stage, I felt like a, 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 an angelic presence was just protecting you. And I'm like, that's because he was. 
because there was a headache demon trying to kill me. You know, it was horrible. So, man, I went too long on that. I'm sorry. But all I'm getting at is <coughs> I don't want you to think every sickness is a demon. On the other side, I want us to become more in tune with the supernatural. Come on. All right. So I asked your disciples to cast it out. They were not able, and he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground, and he rolled about foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? Let me stop there, and I'll have you, let you have your seat. How long has this been happening to you? That thing, that that thing that drives you crazy, that thing you've been praying for, that miracle that you've asked God for, that, 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 that provision that just seems to escape you at every turn. How long? Father, I ask over the next few minutes that you'll just allow us to partner with you and truly prepare ourselves to be open for an impartation from you in 2016. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have your seat. I stopped there because I have some more to read. Keep it on the screen. I just don't want you to have to stand and hate me for it. So <laughs> it's like, why won't he let me sit down? I get it. I get it. And so it goes on here. How long? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire, into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Ah, there it is. I don't care how long you've been going through something. Jesus can do something about it. And he's coming with compassion to make a difference in your life. Amen? He's coming with compassion to touch you. He came. It was eight years of me not understanding. And he came with compassion to touch me. And the truth of the matter is, I did not deserve it. You know? When that happened at 35 years old, I was mad at God. And I told this in the first service. And I'll tell it again. I don't think I ever told this part of it. I've told people I've got mad at God. I was so mad at God. Amy comes to me and she says, God understands. And I said, God doesn't effing care. And I had never used that word in my life. I didn't, use, I didn't say effing. I, I said a naughty word. I cursed God, literally. Isn't that horrible? For months I was mad at God over it. For months I couldn't understand why. I'm not being thrown in the fire. I'm not being demonized that way. But I felt, it was, God, I've served you. I don't get why I'm, why I'm going through this. And I believe God had to take years of dealing with my heart to allow me to be your pastor, who I am today, and who God wants me to be the next 20 years. Amen? I'm so glad he dealt with the punk that I was eight years ago, and I'm just so much better now. <laughs> right, Amy? No. She better say right. No, I'm kidding. It goes on. He says, Jesus says, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing terribly, him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse. So that most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, and he lifted him up, and he arose. Hmm. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, now here's what I want you to hone in on. Listen, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, this kind, say this kind, cannot be driven out by anything but prayer 
and fasting. I put and fasting in parentheses because some manuscripts don't add it. Like the ESV that I use, the English Standard Version, doesn't add it. But a lot of manuscripts do. And theologians would say it's fine to say prayer and fasting. It's that combo that God uses <coughs> to deal with this <coughs> this kind now check this out when it comes to it you, you you've prayed for stuff and miracles have happened instantly you've you've asked God to touch something and it's happened quickly and but there's something in your life where you go Lord I don't understand this that's a this kind say a this kind yeah that's a this kind that this kind comes out by prayer and fasting in other words yeah you may have faced some devils in your life you may face some stuff in your life but this is some kind of something this is this is another kind of struggle this is another kind of situation and this kind comes out by prayer and fasting and here's what's amazing about that when I think about my issue with weight there's a lot of stuff I have discipline in you know over 24 years of pastoral ministry I try to stay disciplined in a whole lot of areas but this is an area this is a kind this kind oh baby you bring me to Bobby's I want cheeseburgers you know come on I, it's a struggle like nothing else some people go to heroin and Hooters. I go to hot dogs and hollandaise sauce. I don't know. I'm sorry. I might, sometimes my alliteration is really bad, okay? But I'm just saying, it's like for some reason, food is that thing. It's this kind. And you know what's crazy about it? We're getting ready to do a fast. Now, listen, a fast is not a diet, amen? It's weird. We do a fast. I have no problems fasting. Fast for weeks at a time, you know? Amy, she gets frustrated with me because it's like, how can you do that? How do you fast the way you fast, you know? And, and, and it's common to fast and drop 25, 30 pounds during a fast just because you're not eating, right? But it's not a diet. I stay off the scale till it's all done. And you're like, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Buffet time, you know? And here's what she says. She says, you'll do it for God and you'll do it for your church you won't do it for yourself. I hate it when she's right. But she's right. There's a this kind. There's some sort of spiritual component there. I have not broke through yet. And I'm saying this right now. 2016, I'm breaking through it. Amen? And I'm not trying to put the light on me. I'm saying, I don't know what it is what you're going through, you know. You ought to have that same mindset. Okay, it's a this kind. This thing here, I've got to get through. Uh, this thing here, I've got to deal with. This stronghold, I've got to see change in my life, you know. Maybe it's a ministry gift. You want to move it. God, I want to see you just move in healing. I want to see you do a lot of work in my life. I know we have men in the church that work with other men to help walk them through deliverance issues. God, I want to be one that you use to help bring deliverance to people that struggle with addictions. Whatever that is, but that idea, God, this is big. This is bigger. It's beyond myself. Remember what impartation is? It's a supernatural grace from God, something that comes from the Lord, from heaven above, that takes you further, that ministers in your life more than you ever thought possible. It's something you couldn't make happen. Only God. That's that. And so what is this kind that's standing in the way? What is it, you know? And so for me, it's that. But I just want to say, just wait. You know, if you missed a few weeks ago, just wait. God, I know you're in the midst of this. I sense it in my heart more than ever that the spiritual breakthrough is coming. Amen. And so it says here, this kind. So, so what happens if there's this kind? Here's the three things that we learn from the scripture. Watch this. So the, number one, a question you don't have an answer to. Why do we fast? 
There's a question you may not have an answer to. And I love it how it starts out here. Why could we not cast it out? I love that we can come to Jesus privately. And Jesus, I don't understand this. Why am I going through this? Why, why is this happening? Why? Go ask your questions of Jesus. During this three-week fast that we have coming up here in a, couple, in a week from now, go ask Jesus those questions. His disciples came to him asking why. And so each of us will have a question that we don't have an answer to, you know. My question to God is, God, why is it that I can discipline my life in so many areas but that? What is it? Why is it? What God, show me. What is it? I want a spiritual breakthrough. What, what is it, you know? For you, I don't know what it might be for you, but that question that you may have to ask, it's okay to ask it. During the fast, ask that question. Amen? And next week, what we're going to be able to do is we'll have cards for you that you can fill out, prayer cards. That question, turn it into a prayer. That thing that's on your heart, God, why this? Or how do I do that? Or, or what am I supposed to do? Or, or turn that question into a prayer, and we'll be agreeing with you in prayer over those three weeks. Is that cool? All right, we'll have those cards for you next Sunday. The second thing that we see in this passage, it says this, why could we not cast it out? Why couldn't we cast it out? Number two, it's a flow that you do not have a connection with. And so these guys are realizing we're lacking something. We're missing something here, Jesus. Why can't we move in this flow that you so easily move in? Do you guys still believe Jesus saves? Amen? Yeah. He heals. Amen? He delivers. He sets captives free. I love it. He, he is so good. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never has changed. And he still desires to do that in and through his body. Now, here's the thing about it. Who's his body? We are. We are. And so there's a partnership that happens if we're going to walk into that flow. But these guys realize we don't have that connection. And I want to let you know, in 2016, I want Momentum Church as a corporate body, and I want you as individual members of this body to begin to possess that connection. Isn't that cool? Because God wants to flow that power in and through you. He has a desire for that. And when I say flow that power, what am I, what am I speaking of? I'm speaking of the anointing of God. Now, let me take a moment to talk about the anointing. Is that cool? When it comes to the idea of the anointing, that is the, the tangible moving power and presence of God. It's, it's just, it's all that he has that he pours out into people's lives, you know? And, and, when, and, and the thing about it is people will say, well, isn't God everywhere? And so if God is everywhere, then his anointing is everywhere. Yes, but you access his anointing, all right? So yes, his anointing is everywhere. His presence is everywhere, but you access that power. You access that privilege. You access that if that wasn't the case, you wouldn't have these disciples not moving in it yet. But for some reason, they're not moving in this miraculous flow. And so they're frustrated. Why can't we cast out the devils? Why can't we move in this anointing, this flow that you have? What's going on, Jesus? And man, it's awesome when you think about a church moving in the flow of God. And I want this house to be a house that moves in the flow. I want us to get our hearts in a place where, God, you can move in us. You can speak through us. You can, you can minister to people in and through us. Come on, Jesus. Just touch a world. Just touch a world through us, Jesus. That's all we want, you know. Yesterday, I spent my day with a new friend. We met a year ago online, 
And um, it wasn't eHarmony, okay. <laughs> it, was, it was a Facebook forum for um, um, metal detecting. I know I'm a nerd, okay. And so it's a Facebook forum for metal detecting. And, and on there, I met this guy. He's a school teacher. He's about my age. And I'm over there in Kennesaw. And, and Corey Goldstein. And he saw my last name, Wiseman. And he was like, hey, what's a good Jew like you metal detecting? You know, and I was like, hey, you know, we're all about the money. And we had a nice little... <clears throat> We had a nice little exchange back and forth, you know. And, um, and so, you know, we were always joking and stuff. And, and, um, and so finally, because his schedule's busy and my schedule's busy, we got together yesterday for the first time. And I took him to some of the ground that I hunt Civil War stuff on. And, and the whole time we're having this great dialogue, you know. And then we go to lunch. And when we go to lunch, I tell him, I say, hey, I, I, you want to eat lunch, you know, because, because on Tuesday I'm getting deliverance. No, I'm teasing. No, I didn't say that. On Monday, that's this coming Monday. But I, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going on to a fast at the church here in a couple weeks, and so I'd love to get some Mexican with you. I won't be doing that, you know. So he's like, yeah, let's do it. So we went and got, he said, but let me call my wife and check on her. She's ill. This is what he says. So I asked, I said, what's wrong with her? And she has Crohn's and other things that are wrong because of the Crohn's. And... This morning, he texted me. All through that lunch yesterday, he was asking cool questions. So how did you know you were called? What's that mean, you know? How, how did you know you're supposed to come to Georgia? You know, all these neat questions. I'll cover that a little bit next week, too. And um, it was just so cool talking with this guy. Well, this morning, he texts me, and he says to me, he says, tell Jesus hey for me. And I text him back. I said, you tell Jesus hey for yourself. I wrote yourself with a wink, you know. And he goes, I will. Come on. That's the coolest thing. Now, listen, here's the thing that I want to get at, this idea of a connection with the flow of God. There was a time in my life, and I don't want to believe it was just youthful ambition. I believe it was because it was before my mind got clouded with doubt and fear and worry and extremes in Pentecostalism because there are a lot. Amen? But there was a time in my life where I would believe with everything in my heart that when that man shows up at this church with his wife, she will get healed, you know? During this fast and into this year, can we be a place that sees how important it is for us to connect with what God's doing? So when my friend, he calls himself my, your Heb friend, he says, H-E-E-B. That when my Heb friend comes to this house, because he said, he goes, don't be surprised, I'm going to come visit. I want to hear you preach. And I said, next week's our 10th anniversary. I'd love to have you come and just see what we've been doing for 10 years, you know. And so he said, don't be surprised. I might be there, you know. And so, but here's the thing I want to get at. God, let us be a place that the day that Jewish brother shows up in this house, the Messiah, Jesus, does not live on the inside of his heart. But the signs and wonders that could be performed in his wife's life, that Jesus could heal her in a moment, and every symptom, Every struggle and every part of that disease could be gone in a moment. You see it all through the New Testament. Signs and wonders. It caused people to believe in Jesus for their salvation. That was a postmodern, I'm sorry, that was a pre-Christian world. Now we live in a post-Christian world. I really do believe that God's going to bring signs and wonders back to his house. I do. I believe that in the end times because the pre-Christian world people needed it to believe are people different? No, 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 no people still need to see something to believe this is, this is something I believe is going to happen in the church and I want it to happen here I wanna, we can't cast out these we can't move in this flow 
Why can't we move in this flow? Oh, Lord, wouldn't it be awesome if we could move in that flow to where that man and his wife come and God heals her body. And then we can look when he says, oh, what has happened? Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus our Messiah, can be your Messiah. That takes partnership, though. And I think... Years ago, the abuse of Pentecostalism, you push the pendulum so far away, and, and you go over here to this place of grace, and God just does everything, and we don't have to partner, we don't have to do anything, he just does it, he just does it, he just, but then you see scriptures like this, where Jesus would say, no, you're not, you're not casting out the devils, you're not doing what I'm wanting you to do, you're not dealing with this kind, because you're not partnering, you're not praying and fasting, and God would look to us and say, it's time for us to pray and fast, and more so than that. Amen? Because prayer and fasting, what it does, it starts to change who we are. It's not about changing God and twisting God's arm. When we pray and fast, it's about being changed by God. Now, here's the thing. If you look at your own personal life and ask this question, Jesus, if I was the only portion of your body operating in the earth, how strong would your ministry be? Can you repeat that? If I was the only portion of your body operating the earth, how strong would your ministry be? And if you ask yourself that question, and you're a Christ follower. Now, if you're new here today, you've got a buy. you can, you got a mulligan. It's okay. I'm not challenging you. You know, I'm seeing those who call themselves Christ followers. If you look at yourself and go, yeah, no. I, that's all I'm saying. As a body, I want us to be serious in 2016. For our family, Amy and I was praying this week, give us a word for our family that would be that centering word for our family for this season. And, and she couldn't come up with nothing. I couldn't come up with nothing. We were getting frustrated because we wanted to have it New Year's Eve so that we'd be ready to roll New Year's Day. And <coughs> it's not coming. It's just not coming. And, and, and long story short, that morning, she's like, have you got a word? And I'm like, no, not yet. <laughs> so she said, this is so cool. She goes, well, maybe the Lord will give you a word and the Lord will give me a word. And they'll be the same, and it'll be confirmation. And I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe I'll lose 150 pounds this year too, you know. I don't need to lose that much, but about 100, I will. But it was just one of those things where it's like, okay. So that morning, I'm getting ready. She's getting ready. We come down for coffee and breakfast yesterday morning together. And she goes, do you have a word? And I said, yeah, intentional. And when I said it, her eyes just flooded with tears. And I was like, what? And she goes, that's the word that God gave me. How many words are in the world? There's a lot. That's what I'm saying for us as a church in a sense too. Impartation will come from us being intentional. You know? God, I, I want to set my life apart. You said to those disciples, cast down your net and follow me. Immediately they followed you. And then immediately these miracles started to happen. And then you invite them to come into partnership to serve with you. And they failed miserably, and, but you're so good, and you allowed them to question you, and, and then you came and brought truth. And here's the truth that he brought. You see this in verse 29. Number three, a spiritual practice that results in spiritual power. Let's stand to our feet. A spiritual practice that results in spiritual power. Why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting.
by a lifestyle of dedication to me, by a lifestyle of sacrifice, by a lifestyle of putting me first above all your own desires. Listen, God is a God of resource and provision, isn't he? All through scripture, he'll give you resource and provision, or he'll challenge you to something, and then he'll provide you the means for it. He's a good daddy that way, you know? And so when it comes down to it, he'll say things like this, you need to be saved, okay? But on the other side, he sends us a savior. He's a provider, so he sends us a savior. He'll say, you need to walk forgiven. And how do you do that? Well, he gives us the idea that we forgive others, their debts, even as we have been forgiven ours, you know. So we have to forgive to be forgiven. So he shows us a way, and then he provides us a means. It's the same way when it comes to supernatural power. When it comes to God moving at a whole other level in our lives, it's the same way. He wants to resource us with that power. And so he says, here's how. This kind, say this kind, comes out only through prayer and fasting. And so we as a church, we're going to enter into fasting. And what I want to challenge us to do this year, more so than we've ever done before, I don't want the three-week fast to be it. I want us to enter into the three-week fast together, and I want you to continue to introduce fasting in your prayer life throughout the year, okay? Intermittently, however you look at doing it, but I want you to do that, all right? And so fasting, again, it's not about changing God. It's about being changed by God. We are not pagans. We are not twisting God's arm. God is not capricious. We're not buying him off. We're not buying them off so that we can get him to do something for us. That's, that's not the picture. We're learning to have access so that we can move in his stuff. I have a car in my driveway. It's a 1992 Accord, and it is ugly, and it is all my kids, okay? I bought it for him. But check this out. Grant will quickly tell you, that's my car. He tells all the kids in the neighborhood, that's my car. Dude, I want to say, buddy, it's pink. Or it's not pink, it's mint green. It's, don't tell people it's yours until we can paint it black or something. You know. but, but he's 13 years old. Here's the thing. He has the right to say it's his because it belongs to his daddy, and daddy has said it's his, right? But he doesn't have access yet. He's got to mature to a certain point. Here, buddy, here's the keys. Now go run the car. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying we're buying anything off from God. It's all God's already. He's just saying, come in, be changed, be developed, grow, focus on what's important, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Check this. And whatever the Bible says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Is that good? The keys of the kingdom. Better than the keys of a 92 accord, you know? The keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind... I love it. You bind it in earth and he backs it in heaven. Isn't that the coolest thing? Not just whatever you say. No, no, because you're close to him. You, you're, you're speaking those things that he has a desire to do, you know? Man, we could teach on this forever. I won't get into it today. But that idea of supernatural power. Power for what? Power to be, you know? Power to do. Power to overcome. Oh, not just power to overcome, but power to help others overcome. God, I don't want to be selfish in 2016. I want your impartation for me, but I want your impartation for me to flow through me to touch other people. That should be our desire. That should be our passion when we wake up in the morning. Amen? And so when it comes down to it, I have another passage I'm not going to speak to today. I'll challenge you with it next week about new wineskins. And all it said in that passage was just the idea, and I do feel like I'll get back to it next week, but just to tag it. All it says is the idea, why don't your people fast? 
So the Pharisees asked Jesus. And they all need to fast. I'm with them. When I leave, they'll fast, you know. And as you look down a little bit further, it starts talking about wineskins. You can't take new wine and put it in an old wineskin. It'll burst the old wineskin. You have to have something new. It's something changed. God wants to do a change in you at the beginning of this year so that he can fill you with the newness of what he wants to do in and through you. Amen? And I do think I'll get back to that more next week. And so the last thing, fasting, we'll put this on the screen. It's an act of self-denial that helps establish the emotional understanding that I am not at the center of in my universe. It's what it is. It's not buying off God. It's saying, God, you are more important than anything. You know, I trade my stuff for your stuff, my desires for your desires. It's a way to seek God by denying the physical in order to focus in on the spiritual. Really, it's saying, I give up everything, I give up something here to walk in something better. I love that. And so that's what we're doing with fasting. There's three kinds of fasts. The normal fast, that's where you have nothing solid, only water and or juices. And that's like Jesus did in the wilderness. Then there's the partial fast. That's where you abstain from certain foods. I'm not going to drink coffee. I'm not going to have sweets. I'm going to do a Daniel fast, you know, where I just eat vegetables and no sweet meats or sweet breads, you know. Um, And then there's the absolute fast. You don't drink anything or eat anything. That fast, listen, listen, you will die. Okay, no, there may be a short season you can do that, but that's the absolute fast, all right? And so what we're asking you to do as a church together, and we come upon this last year, um, we've always told people during the three-week fast, just fast something, television, whatever it might be, food, whatever you want to do. But last year we said, no, you can still do that, but also make it something about food. And the reason why is we want us as a body, when we have that hunger pain at some point in the day, or that desire to eat something at some point in the day, we realize all our family has that same pain. You know, we're in this together. And there was something powerful that happened last year. We took it to the body to pray for the raising of funds for this building. And we said, if God wants us to have a new box during this fast, we're going to pray about it. And if God wants it, then the finances will come for it. And if not, we'll go to four services if we have to at the old building, you know. And golly, God came through. I mean, it was one of those things where over $200,000 came in. And and we have more to raise this year, but it was just one of those things where God provided so beautifully. Amen? And I don't think it was an accident. I think it's because we partnered together around that. And so our fast will begin next Monday. Not tomorrow, but we'll preach again next Sunday. And on Monday morning, the fast begins. And then 20 and a half, so it's in the 21st day, we'll break our fast. It's a little bit shorter than 21 days. That Sunday night on the 31st, we'll get together. I think it's at 5 o'clock. And we're going to break fast with breakfast. That's cool. And so we'll have breakfast together here in the sanctuary. And we're going to have a round table set up. And when service is over, um, or that time's over, we're going to play games and just hang out for the night. Just, there's so, how many people, you've been here less than six months? Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, look at all those hands. So we just get to know people better, you know? So it's going to be a good time of fellowship. So that's what's happening with the fast. Let's pray. Can we pray? Jesus, we do thank you for what you're doing, and we do. We sense something palpable, God. There is something tangible that you're doing in this place. And we don't want to overstep it. We don't want to fall behind it. God, help us to be a people that are responsible to keep in step with everything you're doing. In Jesus' name, give God praise. Amen? Amen. We'll see you all next week. As always, we're with you on the journey. God bless. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.